This is The Playbook. So what's it like being you, sir? You're very, you're very famous and you're all over the place everywhere all the time. What's that like? Well, to be honest, you know, it's really a journey of a different world. Um, I dreamed about having a life like this, but I didn't know how to get here because I lived in a scarce world where I thought I had to go get this world. Uh, and I really attached a lot of my emotions to outcomes uh, instead of to understanding how progress is created. And so once I got an understanding of how progress was created, I was able to detach my emotions from the outcome, knowing that if I got better at what I did, if I learned a lot of lessons and helped a lot of people and did my best and had fun, uh, that better than was the outcome that I seemed to get. And so the life that I lead today is one of four things. One, I live a life of gratitude. So I, everything, all the activities in a day that I have, I'm finding, like I mentioned, the light in the activities, the lessons in the activities and the love in it. And then secondarily, I live a life of forgiveness. Uh, I go at it pretty hard, like you mentioned as well. And so <laughs> I make a ton of mistakes. Um, and so I have learned to live in forgiveness, uh, to give me ease and peace, but also to share that forgiveness with others and respect that I spent many years uh, projecting my insecurity of the mistakes that I've made and the uh, fallacies that I live by and the, uh, you know, the, the unfortunate separation that I had in my own life, I projected onto others. And so forgiveness plays a key role in, in how I show up today. And then uh, another one is just accountable. I live a very, I call it three stages of accountability. My journey is one of, I'm responsible for everything that I do and I want to learn lessons from it. I'm attracting uh, because I know the three characteristics of energy. Energy is money, it's behavior, everything's energetic to me, but I'm very keen on understanding energy aggregates on itself. It attracts on itself. And when it does, it compounds, which gives me exponentiality in what I do, but it also accelerates. So uh, within the context, attraction is a big part of uh, what I believe in and, and what it's like to be me is I'm well aware of what I'm attracting into my life, looking for the clues, the patterns so I can make better choices. But the newest stage of accountability that I'm living in is I'm very um, aware in the awareness itself, meaning that what am I doing to participate in this perception? Because a lot of times uh, the participation in the perception of my journey was giving the wrong meaning to my past right. and interfering with my future. And so I spent a lot of time uh, helping myself and others have the right participation in the perception. And then finally, uh, to live an inspired life. I I'm, uh, shifted a paradigm. I used to try to get more happy every day, more healthy, more wealthy, more worthy. Now I live a life of, you know, the Moses code. I am, I am that I am, I am happy. I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am worthy. So I'm spending my day figuring out what I'm doing to interfere with that, uh, <laughs> to live to my potential. So uh, the combination of living in a higher mindset, a higher heart set, and of course, a more efficient, effective, and statistical success in the handset that I have, the activities is you know what it's like to be me, uh, to find inside of me what I want outside of me. Yeah.
That's beautiful. I love your transparency. And there's a lot of things in the world where we're taught to, uh, you know, cover up our mistakes and mistakes are bad and all these things, right? As we move forward in life, at least some of us learn that um, mistakes are where the best learnings are, right? And I yeah. just I just want to get your perspective. I mean, I'm sure, like you said, you've made some mistakes. I mean, how can somebody reflect on that and learn from it? Is there like a process that you go through, David? Yeah, I call it a practice of identification. You know, what's so uh, interesting about mistakes are the great indicators uh, that you have a better place to be, a, a better position to be in. It's an indicator that you're being protected and promoted. Uh, and so often, as I did, that all the mistakes that I made represented punishment in my life. Uh, that, you know, why me instead of try me or, you know, lucky me. And mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to understand that I'm practicing identifying the mistakes themselves. I'm practicing identifying the two fears that exist within the context of mistakes. One being uh, the mistakes of my past, the fear that I have is regret and guilt. So one of the precursors that I know emotionally, energy and motion to mistakes is if I feel guilty or I feel regretful or resentful or offended, I now know that I'm giving the wrong meaning uh, to the mistakes that I've made. Uh, now, even furthermore, they impact my future. So if I feel worried uh, or anxious about something in the future, once again, I got to make sure that the meaning of my mistakes of the past, that I look for the lesson so that now, instead of being interfered with or limited, yeah. I now am propelled, protected, and promoted towards a better future as I stated. And so uh, this idea is such a powerful one of understanding where the light, the love, and the lessons exist in the indicator of mistakes, pain, failure, setbacks, all the things that allow others in life, including me in the past, to spiral in the wrong trajectory. I now am actually utilizing the understanding through gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration to utilize those to my benefit of protection and promotion, not punishment. Yeah. Wow. So I've been through similar things, not nothing like you have, but in the sense that looking at them and analyzing these mistakes that we make, and is it safe to say, I'm looking for some advice here. If I say to myself, this is happening for me instead of to me, is that a good way to at least become aware of the things that are, have gone wrong? In my, it's in a my great, life. great step. Yeah. So that's a great step. And where I want you to get, so I do a lot of coaching, right? I do free coaching every Friday. I have yeah. free Friday trainings I've done over 23 years. I have group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching. And this is one of the most common paradigm shifts or mindset shifts from to me, right? That I'm a victim to for me. Now there's another step after that, even which okay. is through me. Uh, oh. And so, you know, before we can get to through me, we got to make sure that we understand that things are happening for me, for others, right? This idea of empowering over a billion people to be happy. People ask me, how are you going to do that, brother? How do you even quantify that? Well, it's real easy. I look for a thousand people like Greg that I know in his lifetime will empower a thousand people to empower a thousand people, a thousand times a thousand is a million, a million yeah. times a thousand is a billion. But that doesn't happen if it's only happening to me. 
you see, if I take and extend it even further and say to myself that this mistake is happening through me, the light, the love, and the lessons that I'm finding in the failure, setbacks, and mistakes in my life, like my bankruptcy, losing over $100 million, what if I can allow the light, the love, and the lessons from that dummy tax to not just happen to me, not just happen for me, but actually happen through me so other people don't have to pay the dummy tax? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so beyond being positive, I now can create a flow. And, you know, it's really relevant today because so many people want to be influencers. And in fact, when I started, you're like, well, Dave's an influencer. He's famous. He has a lot of impact on. I'm not, you know, I don't like influencers. Influencers are spreading the flu. They're spreading dis-ease. They're standing in front of cars that they don't own. They're taking a snapshot of one success that they have without illuminating what it takes to get there or even exaggerating what they did to get there or didn't do to get there, but yeah. also exaggerating what there is. And trust me, there is no better than here. And what I try to teach people is, hey, you don't want to be an influencer. Stop spreading the flu. Don't create separation or dis-ease between one another. Let's be influencers. Let's let all <laughs> the dummy tax flow through us for the benefit, protection, and promotion of others. Yeah. And we'll all create a higher vibration or frequency. We all can live in abundance. Stop living in a zero-sum game, which is two and four. Start living in a value-add game where there's more than enough of everything for everyone. That's why we allow it to come through us. See, true acknowledgement. See, appreciation is adding value. So you appreciate what you have. It's going to expand. It adds value. Your house appreciates. It adds value. Your car appreciates. Your watch Baseball cards, they appreciate. Someone appreciates you. You've added value. But acknowledgement, being able to acquire the knowledge requires one simple thing, to not have what you have. So either lose it, have it stolen, manipulated, or cheated from us, make a mistake, or give it away. But once you don't have the appreciative matter or energy anymore, you acquire the knowledge of it. It's the only way we truly acquire the mm -hmm. truth of what we have is not to have it anymore. And so when we create a bigger vessel through appreciation, we empty it through acquiring the knowledge of it. Now is when we become influencers and ask for more to come through us for others. And this influencer process is con uh, completely uh, uh, congruent with aggregation, compounding, and acceleration, which are the three characteristics of energy, which only works in our benefit by positive mm -hmm. behavior. So the more you appreciate, the more it'll aggregate, more it'll compound, the more it'll accelerate, the more you acquire knowledge, it aggregates, accelerates, and compounds. And the more you ask for more, the more it aggregates, accelerates, and compounds. Now you're living in the world of more than enough of everything for everyone. You're living in abundance. It's value add to everyone, not yeah. zero sum. No trade negotiation, no yeah. winners and losers, only winners. Yeah. So I come from an industry that I love, right? And it's been, up until recently, there's been a lot of, uh, it's all about competition, right? And I'm really trying to inject through some of the things that I do, that it's more about collaboration now than anything. And I'm just wondering, you know, is that, how can we shift an industry like it's an older industry right it's in the metals industry and fabrication and it's run by baby boomers but we've got a new generation coming in um and i'm just wondering how can we shift the idea uh, as a collective in an industry from from co focusing on 
competition to focusing on collaboration. And we're getting there. We just need yeah. a little nudge, I think. Yeah, well, I think uh, the fact that you're progressing there uh, means it's just a matter of time. So what you're really asking is, Dave, how can I accelerate and compound the success and progress that we're having already? Um, and the way that we do that is to understand energy of the aggregation compounding and acceleration of community. And so for you, as someone who would like to grow the community, which then grows the opportunity, but creates the collective consciousness, I think taking into account the exponentiality of empowerment that you have core values that you're sharing within an antiquated community, a more closed-minded, competitive, scarce community. Yeah. And you see that the progress that's being made now can aggregate, compound, and accelerate. So if I were you, I would focus in on finding more people like you and empowering them to empower others within the industry. Okay. Because two people turn into four yeah. or turn into eight. And I will tell you, even in building a brand, this is the exact same thing. Uh, you know, take time out of the equation. Don't don't attach your emotions to an outcome that, you know, we need to have this many people by this date, et cetera. But mm -hmm. what we want to do is aggregate, compound and accelerate as fast as we can in the aggregation of a collective consciousness aligned with abundance in your industry. So I use a analogy of, you know, imagine if I told you that it would take 20 years to create a collective consciousness in the manufacturing or prefab industry, whatever it would. If I told you that, here's the difficulty that you would have is that if you knew it would take 20 years, it would take 18 years until you actually could be aware of a significant difference. Oh, wow. Because two, two people would turn to four, four would turn to eight, eight, 16, 16 to 32, 32 to 64. So already in the first five years, there's only 64 people that yeah. are empowering people like you. And most of the people will quit before that. So it takes 18 years to get to 90% of the way there. Uh, I mean, that's 90% of the time. It takes to get to 25% of the way there. So what happens is 99% of the people quit by 18 years because they're only 25% of the way there. And they're all still telling Greg, Greg, you're crazy. But <laughs> the, the truth is yes. that the next year goes from 25% of a collective consciousness to 50% of the collective consciousness. Believe it or not, even though it took that big jump in year 19, 99% of the 1% normally quit as well. Whereas if they just would have hung on, it would have went from 50% to 100% into a collective consciousness and then 100 to 200, 200 to 400, and then it just become a real belief. So the idea of how progress and energy, behavior, a consciousness, it aggregates on itself, it compounds and accelerates, that we have to, in order to impact the way that you want to impact, we have to detach from the outcome and just reassure everyone that our behaviors are aggregating, accelerating, compounding in the right trajectory, that sooner or later, we're going to get everything that we want, believe, think, say, do, and feel in that trajectory. Forget being aware of the outcome, because if we only focus in on the outcomes, we'll never get there because everybody will quit because they're too impatient. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, patience is something I'm always learning. Um, I just have to just make sure I say that boomers, I'm not, I'm not hitting on you. 
you know, you guys have raised me through my career. That was not a slight at you, but uh, okay. So I got 18 years, 19, 20 years to go. And that's, that's all right. That's all right. I'm in. Yeah, enjoy, um, enjoy the consistent, persistent pursuit of it. Yeah, man. And and that's what I'm always hearing from guys like yourself is enjoy the journey, right? Enjoy every moment um, instead of having the anxiety of the future, right? Um, so I just wanted to touch on another thing. Uh, and this is something that I always see where business nowadays, you know, it's getting a coach or a consultant or advisory around you like yourself. And because you come from the sport world, you know, I'm wondering why that disconnect sometimes happens where in the sport world, you know, it's just common to have a coach and to practice and always be, you know, like Michael Jordan's always on the court. Right. But in the business world, that doesn't seem to happen, or at least it's less common knowledge. And I'm wondering, can you shatter that for everybody listening? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, everybody asked me what I would tell my 18 year old self. And it's the same thing I tell myself today. I'm 55 years old look, ask for help. You know, the fastest way to get to where you want to be is to find someone who's in the situation you want to be in and ask them for directions. Now mm -hmm. there's three kinds of quote unquote coaches, right? There's coaches that bring the best out of you. So for example, if you're a Tiger Woods or a Michael Jordan, their coach does not, could not play basketball better than Michael Jordan, but could bring the best out of him. Mm -hmm. Tiger Woods, his swing coach doesn't have a nicer swing than Tiger Woods, <laughs> no. but he brings the best out of Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, and then a mentor is someone who actually sits in a situation that you want to be in and gives you directions on how to get there. So Phil Jackson had been in championships and he taught, you know, Rodman and and all those guys were, you know, to Michael, how to get to the championship. They give him directions. And then there's some guys that are just teachers, right? They're, they're, you know, a students at it, they can't do it, uh, yeah. but they're great at teaching and explaining, you know, what the heck does Dave Meltzer mean when he's talking about frequency or vibration or awareness, but they're excellent teachers and can say, okay, this is how vibration or frequency works. This is how awareness works and be able to explain what the F I'm saying. Uh, so I think, you know, number one, understanding the three attributes of a good coach. Now, I find it really funny that you asked this question because one of the biggest frustrations that I have is that I actually coach great athletes, you know, legacy hall of famers that get out of the league and then they want me to help them in business. And they're like, well, I'm not really sure I need a coach. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> like <laughs> you're you the greatest basketball, baseball, football, boxer of all time. Right. And since you've been five years old, you've had a coach. And you're the best at it, right? Like you won gold medals, you know, you literally yeah. have championships. You're, you're, you've won all this stuff. And why do you think all of a sudden yeah, there's a reason that you're going to step on my field that I'm naturally better than you are at. And I have 35 years of experience in doing at the highest level in multi-industries yeah. from technology to law, to sports, to entertainment, to media, to whatever it is I do. And how is it you think you don't need a coach all of a sudden? So it's not just the business people that, you know, maybe weren't athletes that never had coaching, but it's even the guys that have had coaching for 30 years yeah. that have had tremendous success and were really, really good already naturally at what they're doing that now somehow think that they're in a field that they're not naturally good at 
and they can just do it by themselves. So uh, like I said, I have one of the biggest practices in the world. I do free Friday trainings. Uh, I have a group uh, office hours on Monday people. I coach them. And then I have one-on-one business advisory consulting with the biggest, from the biggest names in sports and business to the startup entrepreneur. I help everyone. That's how much I believe in mentorship, coaching, and teaching. Yeah. And I continually, I have you know, I have mentors and coaches like I have 17 years. I have a sleep coach. Why? A third of my sleep, a third of my life is spent sleeping. Right? Nobody <laughs> yeah. has a sleep coach like me. I'm an expert at sleep, not because I was good at it. I was sucky at it, but I've had a coach for 17 years. Imagine if I had a golf coach for 17 years. I may not be Tiger Woods, but I promise you I'd be a lot better at it playing golf than I am today. If I had a coach for 17 years, no kidding. right? I'm damn good at sleep. Why? Because I have a coach. That's as simple as it, right? I have a nutrition coach, right? Because yeah. I, I eat every day. I want to be really good at, at eating the right foods at the right time, the right amounts. I might as well get the most out energy out of it, right? Yeah, like man. it blows yeah. my mind. People go to bed at night, wake up more tired and think that they got sleep down pat. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. What if you went out to eat and you woke and you left the, the meal and you were still hungry? That doesn't make sense. So I want everyone out there, if you don't know where to find a coach, how to find a coach, you can't afford a coach, then you email me. I also, I coach by my books. I send my book to your whole community for free. Yeah. I'll, I'll sign it, pay for the book and shipping. Well, Just put my email in the notes, david at dmelter.com. Of course I will. Of I would course, love to do that. Of course I do. And they can't afford not to have a coach. Um, do you have time for one more question? Yeah, let's do one more. I'm a little bit over, but for you, Greg, okay. I'll do it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, the biggest problem in bricks and mortar businesses right now, especially the metal manufacturing industry, is finding and keeping people in an organization. Do you have anything you can share with the listeners and myself around, you know, what is a, a way to in, encourage a, a group of people to be excited about where they work or the management to do that? Yeah, you have to have three things that you install in them at least once a week. I do it three times a week. One, you as a company need to know your values, right? Those are the values that give people purpose, passion, and profitability. When people are value-driven, they get purpose, passion, and profitability. And if you want to attract good talent and keep it, have them be purposeful, passionate, and profitable. That keeps everybody. Okay. So know the values. Me, I think I've told you is gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and, and inspiration, or I call it effective communication. Then two, have a clearly defined daily practices for people that they know how to prioritize the activities that they get paid for and the activities they don't get paid for. Make sure they know what their expectation of the day is, who they can help and who can help them, how best to get it done with skills and knowledge of who and what, and then they'll know how to prioritize. See, the most productive, accessible, and gracious people, the most efficient, effective, and statistically successful people that are passionate, purposeful, and profitable, they know what to do now, and they know what to do next. The biggest killer of attracting talent and keeping it is they don't know what to do now, and they don't know what to do next. And so they feel lost, empty, no purpose, no passion, and no profit. Yeah. And if you can do that, Instead of a whole bunch of people uh, uh, in search of their why as a collective consciousness, you have yeah. a whole bunch of people applying your why. I'll also 
send people the five daily practices if they want. So values, daily practices, and then have a clearly defined execution model. So for me, everybody in my company knows our execution model is to reposit opportunities, options, and touches of favor that come in person on the phone via email and media, traditional and social. So anytime there's an option, an opportunity, or touch of favor, they first reposit it. Then they distribute it internally or externally to our company or other partners. Mm -hmm. Then they check and see what they've received. They prioritize it by what's important to them, the what, the who, and the how. And then they either execute on what to do now or next, or they redistribute it to someone that can do it better than them. So if you can clearly define in your industry values, daily practices, and an execution model, 100%, not only will you attract the right talent, but that talent will be retained and they will attract more of the like talent because likes attract likes, it aggregates, compounds, and accelerates. Yeah. And everyone in your industry will be like, how is it that Greg has the biggest and best people and nobody ever wants to leave? How is he paying them that much? How, right? Why are they so purposeful and passionate? Because he's very clear with everyone. Here's the values, the daily practices, and the execution model. You're going to know what to do now and know what to do next. You're going to apply your why, not search for it. You're not going to be overwhelmed, procrastinate, depressed, anxious, unengaged, or unavailable, which, believe it or not, 87% or more of the people who work around the world aren't engaged in their business, which means if you're not engaged, it's impossible to be passionate purposeful mm -hmm. or profitable. Imagine if we can get more people engaged just within the context of our own companies, let alone the world, yeah, how man. passionate, purposeful, and profitable we'd be. 100% agree. Thank you for that.